Good morning. Are you excited as I am about being here today? I really am. I've just got this like this deep-seated joy. I'm just so glad that we got to get together. I would have missed this opportunity. And I'm so thankful for the worship that we've enjoyed here today. The good thing about days like this are you're generally able to get the seat you want. You know, <laughs> not always are these not always are our weeks like these where you get the seat that you want, but today you get the seat you want more than likely. I'm so glad to see you. Uh, I want to thank several of these guys and gals that came out here before church today. I think by about eight o'clock this morning, there were folks that started gathering and clearing the the entrance ways. Aren't you thankful that the entrance ways were clear when you came in? And all of these folks that that worked so hard, they worked from eight o'clock on uh, to prepare this. And I, I want to thank all you folks for for coming and doing that. Thank you so much, church. Won't you put your hands together and let these folks know how how much we appreciate that? Thank you. Did my heart good. I appreciate all of you for coming and doing that. I want to remind you very quickly, I know they were on the announcement, but just very quickly, the annual business meeting is important. It's next Sunday. We're going to stay right after church for that. If you can't be here next Sunday, make sure you get the absentee ballot before you leave today if you're a member. Also, Bill Ray, who he and Lori were the directors of our marriage and family ministry, uh, and he has passed away. His service is today at 2 o'clock right here in this room, and if you can come to that, it would be great. Um, and I think that's probably enough for now that you can get your Bible. Turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 47, in the latter part of that verse. I'm going to talk for a few minutes about the everyday church. I, this is a passage of Scripture that you're familiar with, and i preached over this passage lots and lots of times, I'm sure, over the years. But uh, I've just, I was going back and, and studying back over it this last week or week and a half or so and looking at this passage, and I always like to dig out kernels that I haven't seen before, and I'm not so sure that I'm going to find anything in here that you haven't heard at some point or another, but sometimes good to be reminded. And I think that the thing that excited me about this passage was that uh, the title, it's the first time I've ever seen it from this angle, and I was studying it from the contemporary English version, and it's the reason why I came up with this title. It, it talked about the, the, New, the New Testament church, the early church, as the everyday church. And when you see what happened in the everyday church every day, that's the part that's exciting that I want to see uh, be the way our church is known. And so it describes, the book of Acts describes a church that, that all of us want to be a part of, the everyday church. Acts chapter 2, verse 47b. Every day, just the latter part of this, every day the Lord saved people and they were added to the group. Every day, the Lord saved people, and they were added to the group. What, what does a church look like that can make that statement? That's got to be the, the most exciting, happy, successful, hard-working group of folks that ever got God's attention. I'll promise you that he was paying attention to the everyday church. He, he's going to bless a group like that, isn't he? Because they're the epitome of what he called the church to be. So, so naturally, he's going to bless that. He's going to provide for that. He's going to use that group gloriously for his kingdom. And I promise you that that church was famous in heaven. 
Because angels would be talking about that church all the time. Why? Because they're constantly working on behalf of that church. That's a church that, that not, not only has heaven's attention, but has hell's attention too. And so angels are constantly working on behalf, protecting the members of that church or working in their behalf or, or, or whatever that they had to be doing. So can you imagine what the conversations of the angels were in heaven when they were on their day off? And they would get together and they're talking about what you've been doing. And the other one is saying, well, I've been down there working around the everyday church. And somebody else said, I pulled that shift not too long ago. I'm going to tell you something, that'll keep you busy. Those folks are on it all the time. They've got all these new converts that are coming to know Jesus every day. Now, you say, that sounds really exciting to have new converts every day. And it is, it's very exciting. Uh, it's it's neat to to be able to see that. And we see that here. I mean, this past year, that we know of 164 people came to know Christ through our church and the ministries of our church. And, and that's the best that we can tell. May have been more than that. But, uh, but, but, but whenever you have new converts coming to know Jesus all the time, that's an exciting thing. But also it's a stressful thing. Now, why is it a stressful thing? Because new babies coming, being born into the family every day require somebody to take care of them. That meant that constantly, though, you look at this on the outside and you say, oh, wow, that'd be awesome. But on the, on the inside of that, there was somebody that was talking constantly about discipleship. Who's going to take care of these babies? Because babies don't take care of themselves, do they? If babies could take care of themselves, we wouldn't need anybody working in the nurseries right now. But they can't. So these babies did what babies do. They might not have done it the same way these babies down here are doing it. But in the early church, what were they constantly dealing with? The angels are staying busy because they're trying to protect the new babies. Because the new babies are all the time sneaking around. They're still doing the things they did in their old lifestyle because they haven't broken all those habits yet. They hadn't figured out how to, how to live this righteous and holy and, and above reproach life. So you can imagine that the excitement of them gathering and saying, wow, 3,000 more were added to the church today. And somebody going, uh-oh, we better get busy. We got 3,000 babies new today to take care of, and they're making a mess. These babies are tearing stuff up. They're saying things they shouldn't say. They're getting into things they shouldn't get into. They don't know what they're doing. We need to take care of these babies. How exciting that would be. But now you can see why those angels would be so busy talking about, yeah, I've been down there assigned to the everyday church. That everyday church is harder to take care of than some of those churches. Some of those churches, they don't have babies coming in. They're pretty easy to look after. They just get together once a week, sing a few songs. Somebody gives a lecture of some, of some sort, and then they all roll out of there, and they don't come back till the next week. They're not too hard to keep up with. But that everyday church, that's keeping us on our toes. How much fun was that? Plenty to do raising these new babies. It brought great stress, but it brought even greater joy to the church and to its leaders, and most importantly, to God himself. Because the everyday church, it was something. I, you, you, that's the model for the church today. It's always been, God wants us to be the, this church, and I want us to be this church, and I imagine you want us to be this church too. So what can we learn from them that will help us to be more like them? How do we become a soul-winning station, a machine, if you will, that's in the workplace because this is not designed to happen in the church. Did you know that? You can bring your friends here and I'll preach and we'll pray and they, maybe they'll get saved, but, the, but that, that's not the way that the everyday church operates. 
The everyday church operates with the, with the, the, the congregants, the members, the believers coming together, receiving the word, getting filled with, with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then them going out. And in their going, they are not... And here's where I think we've missed it over the years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewrite the passage of Scripture where that Jesus said, in your going, you remember what the rest of it said? Well, here's what we've written that to say in the, in this, the church, in the society, in the culture that we're in now. And Jesus said, in your going, count people that pray prayers and try to get them to church on Easter. He didn't say that. He said, in your going, make disciples. There's a difference between counting people that raise their hand or come forward to the altar and making disciples. Making is a a term of action. It requires a decision and then a lot of work. The everyday church is involved in making disciples, not counting people in seats. One amen will keep me going, I'll tell you right now. That's all I need. There's another one. Now I'm really going. Now I'm going to 1230. How do we become that that soul winning machine that's in the workplace every day? That's bringing what we learned here on Sunday to people out there on Monday. Let's dig deeper. Get your pen. Check this out. The everyday church, number one, was devoted. You can follow that right down there through, through it with me if you want to. They're devoted. The everyday church is devoted. It means that they were, check out this, this is the actual definition in the Greek. They were constantly diligent to adhere closely to. Hear that? When it says they're devoted, it means that they were constantly diligent to adhere closely to something. Something was important to the everyday church. What is it that they are constantly diligent to adhere to? That means what is it that they won't give up no matter what? What is it that they realize is the bedrock of their church that they're going to do no matter what is going on in their personal lives? What is it that they are devoted to? And there are four things, A, B, C, and D. They are... Listed in verse 42, it says that they were devoted to the teachings of the apostles. What it's saying there is that they were devoted to the word. They were feeding themselves. They weren't just getting what they could get in a group setting. But these were people who had made a decision to constantly, diligently adhere closely to receiving the word of God into their lives every way they could on every day they could. And they weren't going to give that up. They said, we're doing this. We're staying in this word. Number two, they're devoted to fellowship. You say, oh, I know what that one is. That's where we get together and, you know, we go out and drink coffee or go eat dinner. That's not what that's talking about. If you were here several years ago when I preached on fellowship, I taught you fellowship is a whole lot deeper than us getting together. Fellowship means in its context and in several places in the context, it means the sharing of one another's lives. You don't do that by going to dinner with somebody one time and getting acquainted. That's not fellowship. 
Fellowship is where you become, you become involved in the lives of other people so that when they're hurting, you know it. When they're hungry, you know it. When they're happy, you know it. You're happy when they're happy. You're hurting when they're hurting. You're sharing your lives together. You have decided that you're going to do life together in a community instead of by yourself. That is what it's saying that these people were constantly diligent to adhere to. They weren't going to give up on the fact that they were going to be a part of one another's lives. They were going to get involved in each other's lives in a positive way, not a negative way, but in a positive way, they're going to get involved in one another's lives and be there for each other. And they said, we're not giving that up. It's the bedrock of our church, staying in the word and staying involved with each other, loving each other, take care of each other is important. We're not giving that up. And thirdly, it said to the breaking of bread. Now, I know what you think right off the bat when you read that. You say, well, they're talking about communion. And it could be that. It, but others, when they translate that, they think that probably more aptly describes shared meals. In fact, what this one becomes is what you thought the other one was. When you looked at fellowship, you thought that fellowship meant what this one probably really means. Breaking of bread is now let's hang around together. Now let's go to get, now let's go to dinner. Now let's get to know each other. Sure, we'll have community church, but let's get together and let's do things outside of the church. So they're saying now, here they are, these three things. We're going to get into word. We're going to be a part of each other's lives and we're going to hang around and like each other. And lastly, we're going to be devoted to prayer. And you know what that is. That's the, that's the, the constant communication with God all the time, both talking and hearing from him that, that we make a commitment to. And I'm going to tell you something. Prayer, people say prayer is hard work. It just depends on how you do it. You know, if I, if I was committed to getting down on my knees for eight hours a day and praying like what people say prayer is, then that'd be hard work. But I live my life in a constant state of prayer. That doesn't mean that I don't get down on my knees and pray and have times of devotion where that I actually do that. But I'm saying that that to live in a state of constant prayer is me getting up in the morning and I'm going about my way. And when I and then when I get a chance, I am doing I'm in the word. I'm praying. I'm doing that. But outside of that, I'm just walking around when I'm walking around. I'm talking to the Lord when I'm walk when I'm driving in a car. Sometimes he's talking to me. I'm in a constant state of awareness, hanging around with God. They said, we will not give that up. It's the bedrock of the success of our church. We're going to stay in the word. We're going to get invested in the lives of our friends and other people. We're going to hang around together and love each other. And we're going to pray and can't nobody, can't nobody stop us from doing those four things. So this, that the success of the church, number one, is their devotion. Devotion to those four things. Every day, they're devoted to these things, constantly, diligently adhering closely to these four things. They make, they always make time for them. Priorities given to these four things. They're the lifeblood of the everyday church. Secondly, after devoted, secondly, the everyday church was together. You said, well, I thought we just talked about that one. No, it means something else. The word together here means that they were united They were joined in the same thing. Now, some people have tried to take that to something that it's not. It doesn't mean that they lived in the same house. It means that they were united in the same community, that they're engaged in doing the same work. 
So they're doubtless, they're often together in the same place for what? For praise, for prayer, for the word. One of, one of the best means of strengthening the faith of young converts is for them to meet often together for prayer and for conversation and for praise. In fact, what they're saying here is they came to church. They're devoted to those four things, but then secondly, they're together in that they're saying, we understand how important it is, just like you understand that today. You understand it's pretty important. And there's a lot of other people that'd be here today if they could. We're not going to get on to them for not being here because the weather's bad. I mean, we got folks that drive, literally. We have people that come from Fort Smith. We have people that come from Centerton. We have people that come from Kingston, which is on past Huntsville. And we have people that come from Prairie Grove. And everywhere in between, some people drive an hour to get here in good weather so obviously they're not all here today because they can't get off their mountains but that's okay the fact that that you were able to praise the lord that you were able to and then the fact that that you did that shows though that you wanted to and this is the early church it's the everyday church saying we want to get together we understand the necessity of being in the house of god of being together of sensing his presence of worshiping him receiving his word and then receiving from him we understand how much we need that and we're talking about a church full every day of new believers so a church providing an atmosphere for babies every day so that they're creating a mentality for these babies, so these babies have a place to come, and when they get there, they know what it's going to be. A place of encouragement, a place of growth, a place of instruction. Number three, it says that the everyday church was unified. King James calls that one accord. God's word says that single purpose, but what it really means is this. The actual word is it means they are unanimous. I didn't say communists. I didn't say socialists. I've heard some people try to make it mean that. It says they sold all their stuff and moved in together into one. No, it doesn't say that. It says every once in a while when somebody had a need, somebody would sell something. So they sacrificed to help somebody else out. It doesn't say that everybody in the New Testament church sold all their stuff and moved into a compound. And that they were a bunch of communists. It doesn't say that. What this is saying when it talks about unanimous is it's talking about per the vision of the church. Per the vision of the church, they were all in agreement. They all agreed that what they were doing was the right way to do it. Are you still with me? They had agreed upon, uh, agreed upon the governance of the church and they were good with it. They weren't thinking about it. They weren't worrying about it. They were moving on with the purpose of the church. They weren't dug into. There was the mentality among the everyday church that people are coming to the Lord every day, so let's keep focusing on the focus. Let's not get sidetracked by what we've been talking about, storms, or, or by what some other church is doing, or even by Robert's rules of order. We're not going to get bogged down that. What we're going to do is keep winning souls. We're going to make the main thing the main thing and keep that the main thing because it's obviously working. The everyday church said, this is what works. We're unified in that vision. We are unified in that philosophy we're going to keep on moving this way didn't mean they sold everything and they moved into one house it means they agree with the vision of where the everyday church is going and they're a part of that vision 
winning souls. They stayed unified in the vision. Charles Kingsley made a statement years ago. He said, we act as though comfort and luxury were the chief requirements of life when all that we need to make us really happy is something to be enthusiastic about. That's the truth. Stay fired up about souls every day. Number four, this everyday church was joyful. It means that they're full of gladness. It's spiritual joy that they're talking and happiness here. So even in the midst of their trials and their hardships, they are staying joyful. There was a third century man that was anticipating death. And, and, and he penned these last words to a friend. He said, it's a bad world, an incredibly bad world. But I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They're despised and persecuted, but they care not. They're the masters of their souls. They've overcome the world. These people are Christians, and I'm one of them. Joyful, joy, F-U-L-L, joy-filled. The everyday church was joy-filled. A decision had been made. Joy had been given that transcended any circumstance, and they held tightly to that joy. Number five, they are humble. King James calls it singleness of heart, and what it means is a sincere and a pure heart. Now, I'm just teaching you this morning. Is that all right? You still with me? Give you some stuff. Sincere and a pure heart. It means, here's what that means. When it says they were humble, it means that they were satisfied and they were thankful. Let that soak in. They're, they're not perplexed. They're not anxious. They're, they're not solicitous for, for luxurious living. It's not that they're living their life, aspiring after the vain objects of the world, but they just have this sincere and pure heart that says, I am satisfied with what the Lord has blessed me with. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life. I'm not going to be anxious about what I don't have in my possession. I'm a part of something a whole lot bigger than material. I have got it in my heart and mind. I belong to the everyday church. And we're doing something that matters far more than houses and cars and clothes and money in the bank. I am humble. And the last one is number six. The everyday church was grateful. The passage says they praised God. Always they praised him. No matter what was going on in their personal life. Because how many of you have noticed that life happens whether you're a believer or an unbeliever? Have you noticed that? Life happens whether you're at church or whether you're at home. Life just happens. So these people, in spite of personal problems, they have decided that God was what they were hanging on to. And what they were looking at, what encouraged them, was even in the... Because when you think about 3,000 people a day being saved, and the church growing that quickly, that phenomenally, with that many people, you got literally thousands and thousands of people that are part of this church now. How many of them every day do you think have got problems? Lots of them. I mean, if you just get 25 people together... 24 of them's got problems. Only one of them's having a good day, and tomorrow he's going to get in with the other 24, and one of them's going to get out. You think about this. So these people had had to make a decision. They looked around and they said, you know what? I may be going through difficult times, and bad things might be happening around me, but the church is being added to daily, such as should be saved. That's what I care about. 
Enemy might be attacking me. Devil might not like me. He might be just trying to destroy my whole life. But guess what? Every day, the church is being added to. And I'm a part of that. It doesn't matter what the devil tries to do to me. The only thing he can do to me is what the Father allows anyway. He can't do anything more or less. doesn't make a bit of difference. I belong to Christ, so I'm not my own. I bought with a price. It doesn't make any difference. I belong to God, and I'm a part of the everyday church, and I'm excited no matter what's going on. I'm going to praise God. This is a decision the everyday church had made. Praise him in all things. And here's what happened. The world took notice of that. That even in spite of the struggles of life that these Christians were going through, they were still praising God. And their church was still growing. That's the way the everyday church rolled. And that's the way that we roll too. So, so this everyday church had made a conscious choice that they were going to serve. And they were going to represent and they were going to worship God regardless of what happened in their lives. You look back through these, you just, just recount it very quickly. They're devoted, they're together, they're unified, they're joyful, they're humble, they're grateful. And God is moving in their midst. And because they'd made these choices, I want you to look at what they enjoyed as normal. We wrap this up showing you that, look at verse 43. These things I'm about to list for you became the normal things among the everyday church. Normal. Keep that word in mind. Verse 43 says, they witnessed amazing things every day. Miraculous signs every day. Verse 44, 45 says, they became generous. They were just generous every day. Verse 47 said, they had the goodwill. The goodwill means the favor. They had the favor of their community Verse 47 says they experience growth every day. How about that? Trinity Fellowship needs to be known the same way as the everyday church. What am I saying by that? I'm saying that people need to know that as a common occurrence, we see amazing things. Every day, we're Facebooking about miracles. Texting around about miracles. Can you believe what happened to so-and-so? Can you believe what God did in their life? Every day, they witnessed acts of generosity. Just like what you have done in, for, for Lori. The service that we're having today. Some of y'all have been pitching together. I'm telling you, some of you more than others have been taking this on as a full-time job. But, but they have received food every day. They've received encouragement they've received visits this is the everyday church in action i'm looking across this room and i know some of you over the time some of you are involved right now some of you've done things in the past i i know some of y'all sitting here that went and took down the christmas lights because bill wasn't able to do it i'm telling you the everyday church was involved in acts of generosity it wasn't just about giving in the offering plate it was about Brian being able to send out an email and having six or eight guys show up with shovels this morning to clean up snow. That's the everyday church. It's fun to be a part of the everyday church. 
We need to make such a difference, not just here, but in the city, that we have the favor of the city. That's what had happened back then. And you say, well, I thought they were into persecution. Well, they did. They, in, they ended up in persecution. But at the specific time of this writing, they were, it was still just before the diaspora, the, 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 the persecution that broke out. It was still just before that had happened. And at this point, these folks are doing so many good things for their community that the scripture said they had the favor of their community, the goodwill or the favor of their community. And so what can we do as a church to reach out to our city? Every day we need to be influencing our neighbors by our joy and by our lifestyle so they they want to become a part of this family. You know, I I love our church and I brag on it all the time and I I don't think there's a church that's better anywhere in the world. I I, want to be a part of the best one. I think that I am. I love our church and I appreciate what we're doing, but I see God doing so much more through this group, through this congregation. I believe that he is going to raise up what I would call next level leaders that are going to come right out of this group. I told you, you know, I told you uh, several weeks ago when I was standing right down there on a Sunday morning during worship and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, someday this staff and the people that they raise up as staff are going to reach thousands and thousands of people. A week later, a man that I haven't seen in I don't know how long walked out. He had been at one service. He handed me a note. I took it to my office and I read it and he said, I perceive that the, that, that, that the ministry, this church, and what we're going to be doing, that we will be developing and sending out spiritual sons and daughters. That was one week after the Lord showed me that. So I believe that we're going to be involved in developing next level leaders that are going to be able to go to, to other church campus plants and other churches and that we're going to be involved in that. That's part of what we're going to be doing. We're going to be raising up leaders, but we're going to be bringing in the new babies, the converts. We're going to turn them into influencers. We're going to teach them how to feed themselves. We're going to bring them through the small groups. Then we're going to get them involved in ministry. Some of them are going to go on into leadership. We're going to turn them into leaders that are someday going to be campus pastors and pastors and leaders and missionaries and teachers and politicians and all kinds of world leaders. That's going to happen. Because that's what God wants to happen. And that's what we're willing to do. So that's the everyday church. That's what the everyday church does. Equip people and train them to to reach their generation. I believe that God is calling us to be a new chapter of the everyday church. Do you believe that? Something spark in your soul. Don't you get it? You get it, don't you? You just sense that. You feel that. You want to be a part of that. It's happening. And I'm going to tell you something. You're part of a movement. You're not just part of a congregation. You're not part of a group that's focused on. We don't have goals where we sit around and say, hey, let's figure out how we can become the biggest assembly of God church. We're not doing that. We're not sitting around trying to figure out how we get our name on a screen somewhere at general counsel for giving the most money to whatever. But you're a part of a movement That's not focused on becoming famous, but it's focused on being the everyday church where that thousands upon thousands will be in heaven because of your commitment that you made to love them, to do whatever it took to get them to heaven. That's the everyday church. That's where you're sitting this morning. And hundreds of us aren't here today to hear this, that that'll get a uh, within a week or so, we'll get a chance to hear this online. But that's what the vision of our church is about. That is what God wants to do with our church. We are the everyday church. 
And as I was reading a lot of these things, some of you were saying, wow, I hear that kind of stuff happening in our church every week now. I'm already hearing about those things. I already hear about those kinds of things Wednesday night and those testimony services over there. I'm hearing about those miracles and I'm hearing those praise reports. I mean, you're hearing these things, that these things are happening right now. But I believe that they're going to happen in greater and greater proportions. That God wants to raise you up. Not this church, not the organization, not so that people will say, oh, Trinity Fellowship has 2,500 people sitting around watching their pastor. Every week they got 2,500 people that come and watch their pastor. No, but they will say Trinity Fellowship has got an army of people that are loving their community. That are reaching Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. They've got Thousands of people over at Trinity Fellowship that have made a commitment to the Great Commission, not just to count hands at Easter, but they are in their going making disciples. That's the everyday church. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. I praise you today for your word, for the opportunity for us to be able to learn it. Oh, I'm so grateful that you brought us together. That you gave us this opportunity. All of us in this room and those that, that later on will hear this, God, by online. However else that they will receive this. I pray, oh God, that it will spark in our heart and in our spirit. We'll have a desire. Lord, let us be another chapter of the everyday church. God, acts never ended. The book never ended. The acts of the Holy Spirit continue. And they will Until you return for the church. We are living the book of Acts. Let our church look more and more like the New Testament early everyday church. Let these things we talked about today be the words that describe us. When people say, what are they all about? And we talk about, man, those guys are devoted. Those guys are humble. Those guys are generous. Those guys love people. Help us, I pray, Lord, to have a greater understanding and a greater desire and burden to carry out your commission. Put it in our hearts. There's some in here today. Some in here today that that the part I talked about, the next level leadership, it sparked something in their spirit because they're saying, I want to be a part of that. I could see myself being a part of that. Lord, continue to spark that in their spirit to excite us by the opportunity that we have to reach out in our community to take your word to the marketplace and the workplace to be your disciples outside of the church and to in our going in our living be thinking about making disciples now commit this word to our spirit I pray in Jesus name amen I wish that all across this room we could just turn this room into a a house of prayer that maybe you would take your notes or what is in your mind from this word and you would kneel right where you're at or else you would come around the altars kneel down and just pray and commit this word to your spirit go through it again and say God what are you showing me what do you want me to do I, 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 I feel that that there are some in this room that and some that will hear this later that they are going to be sparked by that next level leadership thing that's something that 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 got you in your spirit you're saying wow I, I think maybe that's what God has led me here to be a part of. Maybe, maybe God's led me here that I can be a part of this team. 
and go forth and be a part of this everyday church. Whatever that is, whatever you're sensing, I want you just to commit that. Just kneel down or stand or walk or however you want to. But commit this word to your heart and ask God, what of this and how of this does he want you to do? Will you do that? All over this room, we've got plenty of time. Weather's doing nothing but getting better. The temperature's going up. The longer you stay here, the better the parking lot's going to be when you go out. So find yourself a place. And let's just commit to a little season of prayer. Think about this word today. God bless you.